Hi, I am Jessica Reynolds, and you are listening to the Creating Queensland podcast. This is where I interview those in and around the property and development sector. In this episode, I interview Deborah Hood, a local Brisbane artist famous for her domestic architecture and suburban scapes. Notably, her work is on the Maroolburn, Brisbane City Cat. We discuss her art, her passion for local architecture, and renovating a post-war home in Brisbane. If you would like to find out more about who I am, you can search Jessica Reynolds, Urban Planner on LinkedIn, or use my business website, upqld.com.au, which has a lot of free resources. Now let's get this interview started. So today I really just wanted to get to know who you are um, and sort of touch on a few points about you know, you being an artist, your interest in the local history and architecture of Brisbane and the fact that you're undertaking your own renovation and just about your experience with that. So I tend to just make these, you know, 20 minute or around about interviews. Uh, it's a casual chat. So don't feel um, like you needed anything pre-prepared. Um, generally, most people know who they are and what they do. <laughs> surprisingly that can um worry some people but yeah Yeah. so just let me know when you're 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 set to go now or yeah I'm set to go if everything's good your end let's let's chat okay perfect so I'm speaking with Deborah Hood today she is an artist an artist that takes a special interest in Brisbane's local history and architecture. And she's also undertaking her own renovation on a modernist home within Brisbane. Deborah, can you introduce yourself in a little bit more detail, especially um, about your, your work? Sure. Uh, so my name's Deborah Wood. I've been an artist for probably around 40 years now. And for the last 20, I've really focused on painting Queenslanders and uh, the joy that Brisbane has. I guess I've fallen in love with Brisbane. We moved up here in 1991. um, And since then, yeah, I've just had a a love affair really with Brisbane. I think it's the most gorgeous city. We've got great light and great lifestyle. Um, And the Queenslanders have just captured my heart. So I captured them on campus, a lot of which now are becoming a historical references, I guess, because a lot of those Queenslanders have been lost to development, which is kind of sad, but then, you know, that's the way you can't do much about it, I suppose. Yes, I saw um, on your About Me on your website that you actually started your art in Port Macquarie. Um, And I'm a fellow Mid-North Coaster from Tari, so uh, we moved up here uh, to the Sunshine Coast first um, for work. What was your interest in moving to Brisbane? My husband's work, uh, he worked with CSR in Sydney and Piermont and then uh, they were closing down, this is the sugar refinery, and they came up to beautiful Cutters Landing at New Farm. So he worked there. So we were, um, we came up here and it was all very exciting and new and we had our first baby um, that came up with us, Samantha. So we were right on the river in Hawthorne, it was our first little rental property and that was it heart was taken we weren't going anywhere else although we did go over to Perth for about three years to close down the refinery over there and then came back to Brisbane but it wasn't by choice for leaving (laughs) and what about Hawthorne and Brisbane itself you know makes it such a good place to live and do art and will create art um and I think initially we moved into that area was simply because there was a little cross river ferry before the city cats came in 
Um, and, and it was a convenient, it was a lot cheaper. We, we did look at New Farm and those suburbs over there and they were pretty expensive even back then. So that's why we settled on these sort of the south side around Belimba and Hawthorne, which didn't have uh, the connections, I guess, in the river with the city cats. So the prices were a lot less in those days. And there was a few other expats that were working across the river with Alex. So really okay. that's why we started um, in this area and love it and haven't moved really from it ever since. Yeah. So... In those 20 years that you've been painting, you, you've been working with uh, Brisbane Suburban Scapes, yeah. did you, do you have like a favourite location that you like to work from? How do you choose most, your, your places? Yeah, most of the work has come through commissions, well, all of the work. Really. Okay. Uh, so initially it started with an exhibition in Bloomberg itself and I had um, a lot of artworks with cloth nappies covering most of the houses. Mm-hmm. So the cloth nappies on a clothesline with pigs and I guess I was trying to say that through um, motherhood and domestic duties that's what I was seeing in life I wasn't seeing beyond much beyond those cloth nappies white cloth nappies and so people really liked them and understood them but they preferred to have them without the cloth nappies and just to have all the houses (laughs) and that's how it started people just wanted their own home in them and particular buildings um Belimba being the main area so a lot of the the buildings that they were connected with went into those works and then their friends would see that painting with the friend's house in it perhaps and it went on from there. So it was word of mouth um, and, it, it, you know, that's so most of the works, the city view is from this, well, when I say this side, this, the southeast suburbs mm-hmm. of the city and the river and mainly are focused around Hawthorne, Belimba, Branchdad and Little, depending where the commissions come from. Um, but yeah, there's so many suburbs in Brisbane. I still drive around and think, I've got to get to this. I've got to get to this <laughs> suburb and do it. So we've got so many great suburbs. So you're just waiting for the commissions to come through and someone to say, come draw or come um, create my location? Or is that how so it works? Much, not so much now. I've got five years of commissions ahead of me. Oh, jeez. Um, which is such a fortunate <laughs> position to be in. Um, but I, I, at this point, have said no more commissions after I've, I've want to finish. I've got too many other ideas, still based on the Queenslander and the city mm-hmm. and the suburbs. Too many other ideas that I want to do. So I've just said no more after 25 years of commissions. That's enough. Um, yeah. And it, it's fabulous. But yeah, I think there's. I'm just so excited to be able to have those five years and then go into a different um, aspect of the work. No, that's a, it's kind of sad, but also very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and so you were talking about when you first moved to Hawthorne um, about the ferry and I noticed your work all over one of the city cats quite often. How did that come about? Well, in 2016, Brisbane, uh, Team Brisbane, which is part of the Brisbane City Council, ran a competition for an artist designer to uh, create a work that would go on the city cat that really typified Brisbane and their attachment to the river, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so my des- I put my design in with my fingers crossed and was lucky enough to be the winner. So they wrapped the whole city cat in the artwork, which is quite surreal. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't. When I do see the city cat there, it just doesn't feel, feel real at all. I just love it. Um, and it's really done 
um, been marvellous for me as an artist to have that platform, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah I wish oh, we could pretty epic. Everything artworks from Brisbane artists would be fabulous. Definitely. So less um, sporting teams, more art. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too controversial? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> okay, and so you obviously have an interest in uh, the, the suburban scape. And what are your thoughts on how our cities are changing at the moment? Um, I've noticed in a lot of your your works. Uh, they are sort of pre-war designs, so the Queenslanders. Um, do you ever have modern houses within your designs or do they not really fit the aesthetic? Uh, sometimes the, I put modern ones in if the clients would like some. Perhaps they're living in or they've got friends that live in a modern house so they'd like that in there. But okay. I have noticed um, I'm sneaking in a few more, which is maybe a political comment, I, uh, so some of them are encroaching on into the paintings and sneaking okay. sneaking a few more in here and there, but it's uh, you know it's it's quite it is sad that that's happening a lot of ways. Um, I've had someone ring me and say that she was actually in tears because she saw the latest painting which had more modern houses coming into it, and that just really broke her heart because she knew that was an indication of what was happening in her life. And I, some areas, I think we're taking a little bit more care now, perhaps in the last year, when mm-hmm. I think people themselves have started to object to developments and uh, wayward um, developers that are just knocking down houses overnight and paying a $30,000 fine or whatever it might be, which is really a pittance to them, uh, and they probably take that into their profit. But meanwhile, we've lost the face of the streetscape and, and the essence of what Brisbane is about. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, I very much know what you're talking about. Uh, so with this um, encroachment of newer development coming in, do you think it could be done sympathetically or do you believe more in the sense of just rehabilitating all, all um, pre-war dwellings? What, what side do you sort of sit on or maybe in the middle? Yeah, I guess... Uh, you know, with good architecture and planning, mm-hmm. with fabulous designs that are in keeping with streetscape that not necessarily replicate. I don't like the replicas either. I don't think they work very effectively. But mm-hmm. have, um, to create an architecture that's intrinsically contemporary and but fits with the city vibe, everything like that, except when you've got massive developments happening and we've got these eveless boxes that appear, um, the real concern is that everyone's shut up. I look at them, there's no eaves, and people have got their windows closed in Brisbane where you've got heat, um, often rains. We like to have those torrential rains that we get in the afternoon. Yes. We haven't had them for a while, but, you know, it's 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 there. Um, and they can't open windows, so people are bunkering down inside with windows closed. The media room is becoming the entertainment room instead of the front veranda that connects mm-hmm. the community. So for me, my theory is that that's actually changing the whole structure of the society in Brisbane in particular, that we're going to change as a people, that there will not be that openness and the um, type of connection to our communities now, front, <laughs> front 
front this door, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was very aggressive. Obviously, it's out of the front door or... <laughs> uh, no, just someone probably walking past. <laughs> <laughs> Extra cautious. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's something that we've got to be really aware of. And I know it comes down to economy and cost of building those particular places and housing people. Um, but I think it's a really important conversation to have um, and continue fighting for it. Definitely. I think you brought up some good points there. Um, firstly, with the replicas not necessarily being the solution, I do find a lot of replicas can be kit-built homes, um, which don't necessarily, they can have the elements of a, a Queenslander or Tinantin, but they don't actually sit within that streetscape that well. Um, yes. And then coming down to society, I think it's interesting that you, like you, in your opinion, I guess, that um, our architecture dictates society. Whereas I guess it, it makes sense um, in my mind I, because I deal with people who are choosing what they want. Um, I've kind of always looked at it from a society dictating architecture, um, especially when it comes to verandas, things like that, because lots of people don't want front verandas anymore because they don't want to be seen by their neighbours <laughs> relaxing, <laughs> which is really interesting. But at the end of the day, like who cares? Um, yeah. And is this something that we want or, you know, can encourage or do we just force people, no, you've got to go out your front? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. It's just a, an interesting dilemma, I guess. But Yeah, I'm sure somebody's you know, done a study on it. I'll have to find out. <laughs> that would be really good because to, to, to understand if there's if there is changes, perhaps I'm just waffling and there is no, you know, dynamic change that's going to occur within our um, in ourselves and our connections. Uh, I think it other. does. I think if all, you know, um, the market chooses somewhat, but if there's only a specific type of product, that's kind of what we, that's what becomes the norm. Yeah. And then society moves with that. Um, it's not really like, oh, that's what we're given and we're going to fight it now. It's, um, that's pretty rare. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yes. No, I think it's getting probably very deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, and so moving on to your own renovation, um, yeah. I know you're <laughs> renovating. It's a John Dalton's McDonald residence. That's right. Residence. So, Sorry, I'm I'm dropping um, letters here. Uh, so it's a 1968 modernist home. Can you tell me a little bit about why you have decided to renovate this home? I had rose-coloured glasses on. Open <laughs> house. Alex and I, my husband and I, were looking for. Um, having the kids all left home, had left our family home of 20 years. It was a big home and we had renovated back then to accommodate the family. It had functioned really well, but we were ready to downsize. We were sick of the pool, we were sick of painting, sick of mowing lawns every weekend. Um, and so we decided to go into a place that had absolutely no maintenance whatsoever. And then Deborah fell in love as soon as she walked into this house. And, and I've always had a... Um, a passion for mid-century design and ceramics mm -hmm. in particular, Batossi and um, Londi um, ceramics. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of that sort of vintage for me was just something that was, for some other people had the pleasure of having that and, you know, I could just do my little collections here and there and sneak them into the lounge room where possible. And when I'd go away, Alex would sneak them back out again because he's very much a minimalist 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, we've had this ongoing quite a good little joke between us. But I think I've won the joke because I got the house in the end. <laughs> and, you know, to go, all right, well, that's it. So we're doing an immense amount of work. Uh, it's hadn't been touched since 1968, really. So, so it was built in 1968 and hadn't been renovated at all since. So, so it, yeah, in saying that, it, it, the kitchen was all silky oak um, okay. and completely intact, except that some cupboards were, were rotten inside. They were chipboard, but externally, it was fabulous. So those rotten cupboards that we have had to remove, for example, we've used the silky oak in the handles on the new part or in the okay. bathroom. So at all times, we're trying to retain what we can uh, to use in other areas. Um, the, the biggest issue I guess we've had is getting into the basics such as plumbing and electrics and mm-hmm. things like that that are all hidden but really you sink your money into them big time to get it where you need to have to function and to live in the home. Uh, so we've done all that. So now it's the beautification side of things which we're really getting excited about. Um, she's, a, she's a gorgeous house. She's got huge big eaves. Faces northeast. Uh, winter sun is absolutely incredible. It's so cozy. We haven't had an air conditioner all summer. Um, probably one or two days where we could have done with something. Yeah. <laughs> Cross breezes. It's you know this is architecture to me. This is what it's all about. And coming back from Frank Lloyd Wright and Lake Wissier and all those guys that really started this whole theme of things and we should be listening to it still these days it's you know the essence of what they they did back then for living in and and being in the home which accommodates you so beautifully and this is what this one does and, and we look out to trees in the bed I just love it I wake up during the night which I you know an insomniac like most artists and <laughs> creatives I think and look out the window to these just these massive trees with clouds floating behind them. It's like this huge abstract painting that's floating past the bedroom. And I'm just so grateful of the smallest things like that in this home. It's lovely. No, that's beautiful. We've got a shower that's working. It's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) We had a good dribbles for a couple of months, but it's hard to tolerate. But uh, it's summer too, was it? Is this recent? (laughs) Uh, there's so much the galvanized pipes just had so much gunk in them it was just horrendous so yum uh, yeah (laughs) pretty disgusting but to know that you've been drinking it especially when you see it going oh my goodness anyway we've survived (laughs) yes you have it sounds like it um okay so putting my town planner hat on uh only in brisbane pre-1947 houses are protected but modernist housing isn't do you think it should be up to the owner? Um, just because, you know, you're talking about a lot of the expenses with the plumbing and electrics and that's what, you know, there's big expenses in renovating, hence why a lot of people just remove houses when they can and just build new homes. Do you think it's it's been, would you do this again? Would you suggest other people do it? I would because I, I think it's the most beautiful form of architecture. Um, and yes, I think that they, and you're right, they are being pulled down. We see them on quite large blocks as well, which becomes very enticing for development and for people to self-divide. Mm-hmm. And that has its own merits as well. We have to house people, so I understand that. But 
I would like some form of um, restriction on removing some of the classic modernist houses that we've got. Karina, for example, has got a lot of them. Um, okay. Quite a big uh, uh, network, a social network of MCMs or the mods they call them or MADS, which is modernist architects and designers um, that I've met through since having this house. And they are so passionate about preserving and um, maintaining and trying to do them up as much as they can. And it is heartbreaking when you see these just fabulous homes being, they just get torn down or people just don't have no attachment to them whatsoever. I guess it's it's um, like some of the post-war homes. They've got mm-hmm. their own thing um, where they sit within our history and yeah. that's sad to see a lot of those going too, even though they've like can be plain, some of them plain little workers' cottages or, or you know, that that beautiful post-war um, development in some suburbs that was specifically to create jobs. So you've got all these houses that are not adorned, um, but they, 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 they have their own uh, beauty within that, in their, mm-hmm. in their plainness and the simplicity. And it's quite sad because some of them just miss on that cutout point as well, so they can get pulled down. And I think we're going to really regret in the future, we'll be you know, saddened that we've done and made these decisions. I know there's a lot of people within that area, like um, the house detective that you may know yep. of, Mary Taylor. She's uh, she's a, a mad modernist, and she mm-hmm. but she also does you know, the history of all sorts of buildings. An incredible lady, um, and yeah. So I think that people like her, if we've got in our community, making an awareness, uh, yeah. probably a lot way through social media, we can do something at least. Yeah. Yeah. Has there been any actions towards um, getting council to make legislative changes or has it been more through a sort of grassroots education and bringing awareness to the public? Uh, Just from your experience? (laughs) I think people like Marianne who did work at council and she got involved um, because of her passion, got involved in some of the legislation and trying to make a difference and have some uh, you know, imparting her wisdom onto mm-hmm. people that were making those decisions. So if we've got people in there from the ground up, it's a bit like having environmentalists working for a coal company. You yeah. know, if they're in there, they can't, at least we've got somebody in there trying to um, change things from the ground up. And I think that's really important. We have got those people. But I think generally there's a passion that, most people in our suburbs now are saying, no, no more development. We're losing, you know, West End has got a big group of people that mm-hmm. are objecting and, um, you know, turning up to meetings and protesting about the loss of these places. So general populace, population, I think, is becoming greatly aware uh, and, and not so blasé about just getting it happen. No, definitely. I'm, I'm seeing that um, just in our own day-to-day. Um, there's definitely a lot more awareness and education out there about rights and uh, just what can and can't be done. Yeah. Well, I have loved this conversation, Deborah. Uh, how can people contact you if they want to? Uh, they can certainly um, go to my website, which mm-hmm. is Deborah, and there's connections there through um, my email, which yes. is contact at Deborah Hood Art. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, anyone that wants to talk to me about houses or I can talk all day, you know. But, 
have more knowledge rather than just the painting knowledge. I'm, I'm, I'm not a scholar by any means, but I think that I have some way of uh, having people feel a bit nostalgic and enjoying and knowing about the history of their houses too, which I love talking about. No, that's beautiful. And you're also on socials too, aren't you? I'm just going to read your Instagram handle, which is Red Hilda Hood. Yes. Yep. Is that, am I reading it right? Is that how it's meant to be read? Yeah, Red Hilda Hood. Yes. Yes. Is Hilda your middle name? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it makes sense. I wasn't sure if it was like a hill and like in the hood type thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely talking with you. So thank you for inviting me. Perfect. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to see this product in action, please head over to the Urban Planners Queensland YouTube channel. Links are in the episode notes or you can find the recordings by visiting upqld.com.au. That is upqld.com.au.